You're listening to Special Education Matters, a regular podcast about things that matter in special education. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and I am the proud father of an 18-year-old boy with autism. Sometimes when you see the level of what somebody is able to accomplish, you wonder, how is it possible? Meeting and talking to those types of people is one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast so much, and Mishan Johnson, my guest today, is one of those people. Mishan is the parent to three soon-to-be-plus-one children, and her two youngest are on the autism spectrum. Given how busy that keeps her, she's still able to successfully run Our Stars, Inc., a nonprofit dedicated to helping parents who have a child with special needs. Mishan's focus is on coaching and helping parents as they go through the special needs system and building communities of support along the way. Somehow, Mishan does all this with a calm presence, as you will soon hear. In addition, as a nonprofit, Mishan is able to provide her services free of charge. Enjoy the conversation. Mishan Johnson, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Hi. Hi there. Thrilled to have you hanging around here. And we start off with the easier questions. Can you tell us a little bit about the types of services you provide and where in California you work? Um, I'm in Southern California, Riverside County in uh, Menifee. That's where I mainly work out of. But um, I do help families in Cerritos, Long Beach, Lakewood, Bellflower, um, basically L.A. County area as well. Um, But it is a lot easier to get to other families in the Riverside community. Um, I do uh, phone consults. Um, I make myself available um, to anyone, anywhere, um, if I can. And um, I provide advocacy, um, how I teach parents um, in workshops and uh, phone consults, uh, letting them know different laws. And um, I review IEPs and I also go and speak at uh, different um, venues and things that I'm invited to. Um, I also attend some IEPs in my area and I'm more of like a parent coach. I don't really like using advocate because when I hear advocate, I think of attorney or like someone fighting. And I always tell Mm -hmm. my parents, it shouldn't be a fight. It should be a partnership. And I kind of feel like calling myself a parent coach is more of like becoming a partner um, with the district and the parent instead of an advocate because the parents are the true advocate because they know their child the best. And when I come into um, a situation, I, sometimes I don't even get to meet the children. Um, I'm only going off of what the parents are telling me and the IEP. So I kind of like coach the parents mm-hmm. and navigate them through the IEP process or um help them navigate how to obtain services um, like IHSS or SSI, um, things of that nature, even regional center um, supports. So I've talked to quite a few advocates, and some are there at IEP meetings, working with districts, building those relationships, but it sounds like you did a different tack then, right, which is to go out and focus more broadly on education for parents and district employees or whatever. Why did you decide to go that route instead? Um, Navigating it myself. um, I took a lot of mentoring advocacy trainings and also 
spoke with different parents and different advocates. And it's like, you know, everything like a war or a fight and going into it, I kind of went into it like with my guard up and like the sense that I needed to fight. But as soon Mm -hmm. as I dropped that guard of fighting and, you know, a war mentality, I say, I don't want to put that in a bad way or anything, but when I, changed my mindset to more of, you know, how can we work together? How can we build a partnership? I think it made those walls go down and it had me look at different creative ways to get my point across instead of a fight. Because when you think of fight, you think of angry, you think of, you know, pushing and pulling and, you know, always hearing no. So when I changed my mindset and I didn't take no for an answer. I always turn mm-hmm. no's into yeses, I say. And how you do that is <laughs> you don't, like they say, you don't attract flies with vinegar. You, you know, you can attract, or bees, you know, you can attract them with something sweet. So I made sure that I listened, and then I made sure that I was being heard as well without being angry and upset. Or um, if if I needed to, call an IEP meeting because something was not right, I called it. If I needed to call five, I called five, you know, until I was heard. I, I didn't yell. I didn't get upset. You know, I didn't lose my temper. And they look, the districts look at that. They look how you're mm-hmm. conducting yourself um, professionally. Um, I go into my children's IEP like I would go into anyone else's IEP. Professional. I listen and I'm, I'm heard, I feel sometimes. And when I'm not heard, I put things in writing. And I keep pushing, pushing, pushing um, until there's a change. Um, I also wanted to go with this approach because uh, I think a lot of parents feel the way that I do um, when they hear advocate. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, money or um, it's going to be like an attorney. It's going to be a fight. And I don't have the energy for a fight. Um, And a lot of parents, they don't have the um, willpower or even the strength to even try to advocate for their own child because they feel lost or they, they don't know where to start or they feel stuck. And I'm, I come in and I, I tell them, Oh, wow, you, you have a lot done already. Let's look at some case laws. Let's look. And I show them Mm -hmm. how to look for it. I give them books. I give them the tools because I'm like an aide in the school for your child. I want to be eventually faded out. I don't want you to have me coaching you forever for the whole process. I want to be able to fade out. And I don't necessarily say fade out like right away, but as long as you still need me, I'm there. I'm a phone call away or an email away, I always say. So um, I think that's where the parent coaching came from. On my website, it says advocate which I'm in the process Mm of um, changing a lot of things on my website, but I truly feel I'm more of a parent coach than an advocate, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, it does. And it's an interesting approach. So one question I might have about that is some parents, and say through education, inherently have an advantage to, into understanding what's going on and what's possible. Is, is, are you able to, do you feel like you're successfully able to help parents who come from all ranges of abilities themselves as far as how they're able to communicate and, and the knowledge of the law and things that work towards getting a better services for their child? I am. I am. And, I, and the approach that I use, I like to review the IEPs and I like to break it down. That's what I do. And once I break it down and pick it apart and try to see what's missing and also what the parent has told me and what they're wanting, because the main thing is, what is it that you want for your child? Why, why are we calling another IEP? Um, wh- what is it that's missing from the IEP? And then I, I look up case law and then I, I kind of like tell them what it says according to the law. Because if a parent is asking mm-hmm. for something that is unattainable, I'm going to look up the case law and show them that what you're asking for is not according to what the law says. And mm-hmm. I always tell them keywords, appropriate, not appropriate, and um, least restrictive. Those are the wor- the main words that I always tell my parents you need to know and learn because best and more and other words, it's not um, according to what the law says, but appropriate, non-appropriate, and least restrictive is. And if you can build an IEP on those things, then the IEP will be appropriate and you'll be able to fight or I don't want to say fight, you'll be able to push for mm-hmm. what is more mm-hmm. appropriate for your child. But if you're looking for better or best, it's going to be a, a slippery slope downhill from there, if that makes sense. Now you, <laughs> you, you, it does, and, and, and that's some good points. What, I just want to turn a little bit different direction. You, you mentioned you do a lot of individual coaching. You also talked about uh, workshops or larger venues where you speak. Mm-hmm. What you know? What's the vibe you get? Like you, know, you go into a room. You have, maybe it's the first time you met with these this particular set of parents or whatever. What is the vibe you get from them? Are they just like super worried? Are they desperate? Are they like feeling like things are okay and they just want a little more information? What kind of people are there in the audience? Some. It seems like they're really desperate to find out um, more info and how they can obtain something that they're looking for to um, better service their child and may it be more appropriate or they feel um, they should be more mainstreamed um, than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that they are desperate and I, I really don't like desperate. I want to say hungry for more information. Um, I like that, that phrase a little bit better because we're not really desperate as parents. We're just eager to learn more, um, more okay. to help our children. Um, because when you become desperate, you start agreeing to anything or you start um, caving in and uh, giving up when I hear desperate. Um, not saying that it's wrong, but when I hear desperate, it just, mm-hmm. I think, a negativity um, a little bit. <laughs> so they're really <laughs> eager to learn more and find out more to help their children. Which is a good thing because then that's where I come in and I can't, they're, they're, they're willing to soak up the information that I have for them. I mean, it sounds to me like they start as desperate and 
through your words, and you, you, know, you obviously have a very calm demeanor, that they become eager. Would you say you, you help them through that transition? Again, whether, let's say, it's individual coaching or in a larger group. Is that part of what you have to do? Yes, and it's kind of like I have to change their mindset. And I always tell them, once your mindset is changed, you're going to have, mm-hmm. like, you have superpowers almost. Like, I can do it. Wow. It's like you have to cool. kind of uplift yourself. Um, first, I uplift them because when they come, it's like, wow, you guys have done so much already. And I just play play into that and, you know, show them what they've done. Because some parents are like, oh, man, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have signed this. Um, it's all my fault it's because of me, you know, this IEP would have been different if I wouldn't have signed it or if I wouldn't have agreed to that. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, you got to stop that. You got to stop putting yourself down because even the smartest of the smartest person can fail sometimes and not realize that they failed. So it's don't take it as a failure, take it as a learning experience. So if you did something that you later on found like, geez, I shouldn't have done that then let's move on. You can't wallow in that. Let, what can we do different or how can we change this? So I advocate, sir. Well, I guess we can maybe call you a coach instead of an advocate, go into mm-hmm. the whole business for different reasons. And you have at least two reasons why you decided to do the work that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about those reasons? Um, the first reason is um, I actually started my nonprofit. It was a blog And it was a way to um, share my experience with other parents. So they didn't have to Uh. figure it out and put the puzzle pieces together on what were were the next steps. Um, Not everybody is a researcher. Not everyone knows where to begin or how to begin. So I wanted to make it a little bit easier for parents out there. And then Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people saying, well, you're helping so many people. Why don't you do a nonprofit? And that's what I did. So 2013 was the start of the blog. And in 2015 of June, I became official nonprofit, uh, 501c3. And um, the number one reason for me starting the blog and the nonprofit was my son, Cole. He, I have three boys, 15 and a half, eight and a half, and six and a half. And Cole is my eight and a half year old. And he was diagnosed with autism at two and a half. And I saw signs and people asked me, when did you know? At birth. He wasn't looking at me when I was feeding him. Um, uh, okay. I, I, I got that right away. And I'm a child development um, teacher. I taught pre-K um, early intervention and um, kinder. Hmm, so, okay. so you'd been down the I road. I knew the yeah. signs. Yes, I knew the developmental signs. I, I worked with children with IFSPs. Um, that were working with regional center that had significant delays. I worked with a few autistic children, but they were a lot older. So I didn't know what it looked like in a newborn or toddler or even a five-year-old. And, mm-hmm. but I saw signs and um, around one, he still was not talking, not reaching. Um, he had some self-injurious behaviors, hitting his head on the ground, the wall, um, biting, um, which is age appropriate at that age, but no (laughs) eye contact. (laughs) It took a long time to get him to smile for a picture, things like of that nature. Um, I knew nothing about the regional center. I heard about it from his pediatrician 
And she said, well, you know, let's wait and see. He's a boy. Boys take a little bit longer to talk. And I'm like, no, doctor. I'm like, no, doctor, something's different. And I, I know I've been around kids. I worked with them at this time, um, like 12 year plus years at that time. And, um, so that was my number one reason, um, for pushing, um, eventually doctor said, okay, you're right. I'm going to give you the referral. My -hmm. second son, Evan, he's six and a half. Um, he was diagnosed at two a little bit earlier because we caught it. Um, I didn't really catch it, but my other son's therapist said not to alarm you, but I noticed these things, um, hardly any eye contact, not reaching up. He was developing pretty, um, well and on target. And then Mm -hmm. around 16 months, there was regression loss of, um, some of his words that he had learned, not reaching up, not pointing. Um, he had a lot of GI issues. Um, so I took him to get diagnosed. They said that he was not autistic because he was too social. And I said, excuse uh, me. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So they said, well, we can tell that he'll have ADHD later on. And I'm like, really? Hmm. So I got a second <laughs> and third opinion. And the, the second and third opinion um, told me, uh, of course, he has autism. You betcha. So um, they reassured me that I did the right thing with getting the second opinion. And they are my reasons for the nonprofit and wanting to help parents because I, mm-hmm. I got a lot of no's and I turned those no's into yeses because I went with my gut and my intuition and it said to keep going, not to stop, not to give up. And I'm glad I didn't give up because now my kids have the services that they need. And um, those are my reasons. And um, hopefully I'll be able to help others. So, I mean, you talked about that. You started it in 2015, Our Stars, Inc. And I had the feeling if I was to call you back in 2025, you'd still be doing it. Well, I mean, you, so you've got all the services for your kids and you've got the relationships built and all that. Why do you keep doing it? What keeps you going? My kids keep me going because even though they have services, they're growing. Um, they're going to be teenagers soon and they're going to have their own adult hood life. And I just see other children and other families um, when I struggle to get services and it just, my heart goes out to them and that keeps me wanting to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And I've even became a foster parent, foster adopt parent, because I want to open my home up to children who need help. Um, navigating mm. services and the, because when they're in the system, it's very hard because some move from place to place and the little ones, if it's not caught early, it's very hard to get services later down the line. And I op- I'm opening my home up to infant to about six years of age. So um, I can help them as well. So I got this crazy idea other than helping my own specialty kids. Which wasn't I'm enough, apparently. Yeah. And open my home. <laughs> right. I just, it's not fun enough, I guess. <laughs> so we're coming towards the end of our time here. What's a good way for people to get a hold of you to reach out to you? Um, the website, ourstarsinc.org, and phone numbers and um, 
email is on there. Um, if you shoot me an email, I will get back um, or even call me, leave a message, and I, I will try to get back with you within 24 hours or less. Um, right now, that's the best way to get in touch. And there are volunteer opportunities. Um, I try to go out into the community in the summer and do like a mm. meetup um, at different parks. We have um, Splash Pad and I try to do keep it kind of free or low cost dollar movies. Um, we do um, park nights where it's called a night under the stars um, where we just play um, until mm-hmm. it's dark until about eight o'clock and there's snacks. And um, I try to get other people in the community with special needs and um, to come together so we can build relationships because we're in it together. And uh, it's really uh, secluded for special needs parents. And I don't want them to feel like that. I felt like that in the beginning. Um, because, you know, tantrums and meltdowns and all of that happened and there was no one there to say, it's okay. I go through it too. So I wanted there to be some type of connection with other parents that go through the same thing. Well, Mishan Johnson, thanks so much for your time today, for telling your story. And of course, all the work you're doing for our community. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another edition of Special Education Matters. For more information, including show notes, head to our website, csnlg.com slash listen. And if you like what you hear, please uh, consider giving us a review on iTunes. Those reviews bring us lots of happiness. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and we will talk again soon.